It's a dog cast, episode Dogcast episode 111. And I know you've been thinking that we were gone, you think that we're out, you think that we're off the air for good, and just when you think you got us down, we're back. Old thought, we may have been, thought we may have been out fighting dogs or something. Absolutely. I thought we were running a dogfighting ring right here in Athens, but actually we're not running a dogfighting ring and we're not going to prison, much like Michael Vick is. Old Dog, some people thought you were dead. I've heard, I know it. I've heard I've heard rumors that you were actually dead. We got some some listeners in Cancun that think you're pushing up daisies, man. And there have been and there have been some nights since the last show that I wish I had been dead. <laughs> but let's but not start talking about practice yet. I am I am here, and uh, I guess we need to do a couple little quick housekeeping things before we really get into the meat of the show. First off, this show is not going to be up to our fine normal technical qualities because we are absolutely totally redoing the bunker from start to finish and right now it's just a cave all the furniture is gone the carpet's up we've just got bare rock for the walls some good georgia granite me and derek are sitting here on on the hard damp floor with our little computer doing this show. There so actually, there's actually water trickling down the walls right now, but that's why it sounds so echoey because of the cave and everything. It, it's it's terrible here in the bunker. And I'll tell you dog fans, I just let me apologize by the way because I know I've been getting we've I've been, you know, it's been almost it's been over 2 weeks since our last show. I know you guys count on us for news. I got to tell you, if you'd heard what Old Dog had to say about the practices that we went to last week, he was actually so busy vomiting, he couldn't actually do a show. That's why it's been so long for us. But Old Dog is back now. He's feeling a little better after this past Saturday scrimmage. And, you know, things are warming up. The offense is showing signs of life, finally showing a pulse in the fall practice. Um, but I just want to apologize for taking so long and getting back to you with a new show. And we are now back on regular schedule. We've got a lot of news for you. We've got a great show for you tonight. Absolutely. And before we get into that, I'm just going to quickly update some start times for games that we know about. Uh, I'm just going to start from the start, although most people know it. September 1, Oklahoma State, 645 on the deuce. September 8th, South Carolina. 5.45 kickoff time. I believe that one's on the deuce also. September 22nd, Alabama, at Alabama, 3.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS. October 6th, Tennessee, in Tennessee, where Mark Rick has never lost a game, another CBS game, 3.30 kickoff. October 27th, Jacksonville, Florida, in the Gator Bowl. 3.30 kickoff, and I know this is a shocker, November 3rd, the game against Troy will not be on TV, oh and, my we're God. Back, and we're back to our standard 1 p.m. kickoff. you got to be kidding me. Troy is not going to be on TV, huh? 
not not on any station we get anyway. I, I am blown <laughs> away by that crap. <laughs> so anyway, dog fans, that's an update on the TV schedule. That's what we got coming up ahead of us this fall, and um, we're going to be there. And like I said, we've got lots of news for you in this show. So we're going to be talking about some more exciting news later in this show, but. Old dog, let's talk about the practices, man. It, we've had okay. two weeks, two weeks of fall camp. We've had two scrimmages. Let's talk about not this latest scrimmage, but let's talk about the practices that we've missed and that we haven't commented on. Give us the upshot of what you're seeing out there on the fields at the Woodrow practice fields. Well, really, from you know, looking from the start, and and I want to preface everything saying it's gotten a lot better, but uh, from the very start, the offense really, really lagged way behind. Uh, no continuity whatsoever. Our old bugaboo again of receivers dropping the ball has come up again, and I tell you, that concerns me, and it's going to concern me throughout the season. Uh, we've still just got a lot of drop balls going on, and I don't, I mean, I wish I had an answer to it. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, offensive line, uh, first scrimmage and quite a few of these practices just really was not coming together, although it has gotten a lot better in the first team offense in this last scrimmage looked pretty good. Uh, but there's still a lot of movement around on both offense and defense. Uh, we've got Chester Adams moving from uh, guard to tackle. We've got a very, very young offensive line coming in. On the other side of the ball, we have totally, from the very, really from the end of the G-Day game, coming into this first practice, our entire linebacking core has totally been changed as to where they're going to be playing position-wise and stuff, and we'll get into that. But uh, basically what I've seen these first couple weeks is just a real young team, not many starters coming back, not many people established in their positions. Uh, a lot of folks vying for playing time and uh, a lot of movement. And the coaching staff really searching to get the right combination of players together on the field. No more so than our buddy Stacy Sorrells, who is trying to find the best five guys he can stick out there. And I think he's pretty much hit on it. And uh, because now for the next two weeks, or really less than that, 13 days, uh, those guys need to practice together because they're going to have to act as one unit out there. What do you think about, you know, just today, or actually just yesterday, they moved Keontae Tripp over from defensive line over to offensive line. You know, Stacy Searles is a great offensive line coach, and I have no doubt whatsoever he's going to find the best five. And everybody is up for grabs, and every position is up for grabs. Um the offensive line, I think, is doing a lot better than they were doing two weeks ago. You know, he's moving people around Velasco from outside to inside. He's changing things up at center, guard, tackle. He's changing everything up. What do you think? Have you have you got any names for us? What do you think is going to be the starting five for the Oklahoma State game? Man, that's going to be hard to say. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have uh, we're going to have Chester in there. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to be out there at all. Uh, at tackle instead of guard. Mm -hmm. uh, Velasco, I think, is going to be our center. Uh, you know, probably backing up a little bit on that. Uh, bowling is probably going to be in somewhere, uh, probably at guard. Uh, talking about Vince Vance coming in as a backup. 
Uh, it's just, it's still just a makeshift. You know, Haverkamp seems to be playing pretty well uh, on the other side of the ball, and uh, Chris Davis may get some time at center and, uh, you know, moving uh, moving Keontae out to right tackle too. I tell you, I think they got good things in mind for Keontae Tripp. Stacy Searles was talking about, you know, offensive line is the way to go to make the money, you know. <laughs> He's trying to right. get Keontae Tripp to, to really buy into this changeover to O-line and uh, – like I said, well, I, I, you know, when he was a he was a standout offensive lineman back in high school. That's right, and I think you know, even though we recruited him as a defensive line guy, I think Stacy Searles has really got his attention with this offensive line job. So well, and you know, the the main thing most of these kids want to do is play, and he's probably got a much better chance of seeing a lot more significant playing time on the offensive side of the ball than he does on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I tell you, while we're talking about the offensive line, because that's the core of our offensive unit, you know, we've had some questions, Old Dog, from some listeners, especially our buddy Bradley up in Vermont, about 1,000-yard rushers, 1,500-yard rushers. Do you have any words of wisdom for our friend uh, Bradley in Vermont about are we going to have a 1,000-yard rusher this season? If he wants to see a 1,000-yard rusher, he needs to watch Darren McFadden down there in Arkansas. <laughs> Because he is not going to see one at Georgia this year. No thousand-yard rusher in our season this year. Not, not unless we get a kid that gains 500 yards in one game, <laughs> and that's not. And and I'm, you know, I'm joking around a little bit. That's not saying that we don't have great running backs, and hopefully the offensive line is going to gel. The problem those guys have about having the guy that's going to be a thousand-yard rusher, we've got three premier running backs. We've got Lumpkin. We've got Moreno, and we've got uh, oh, what's the kid's name that's coming back? Thomas Brown. Thomas, yeah, it's Brown. <laughs> I've had a little too much, uh, too, too much, much Matthew Stafford Kool-Aid. Oh yeah. Brown, Brown's back at full speed. Lumpkin is, you know, I think probably going to be the starter. But everything you read and you hear and you listen to the players, they're all talking about Moreno what kind of rusher he is and how good. So all three guys are going to be splitting some time and do it. I mean, I think we're probably going to end up with three backs with anywhere from seven to 900 yards apiece. Well, I, I agree with that. I, I hope they, they do. I want to get that they, out. Because, again, they were having a, you know, they were having a poll there on the AJC again. And, uh, you know, it's a stupid question again. Where do you think, you know, the – the scoring is going to come from or the most important part of the offense. And other than, of course, the offensive line, it's the running game. Because if you can't control the ball, then you're going to lose. Absolutely. And uh, that, is one, that is going to be one of our strengths this year is, is our, our running backs. Well, I tell you, let's talk a little bit about defense. Because, you know, in the first scrimmage, the defense – you know, seemingly played really good. You, you, it's hard to tell if the defense is playing good or the offense is just playing poorly. But, you know, Coach Rick had really glowing things to say about the defense after the first practice, after the first scrimmage. And Keelan Johnson, probably our most senior, most highest leader we have on the defense right now, you know, was very much not impressed by the defense, kind of a flip of what you usually see. It's usually the players are optimistic and the coaches aren't. This was kind of the opposite. Coach Rick was really excited about the defense, and Keelan Johnson was taken on to task over things like pursuit angles and poor tackling. 
you know, what do you think about the defense this year as far as the defensive backs and, you know, receivers not catching the ball? Do you think our defense, especially our defensive backs, do you think they're going to be able to get it done? I mean, are they coming together? Well, I'm, I'm hoping so. And I tell you, I'm looking for, and we had talked about this a little bit before, I'm looking for big things from Rashad Jones this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to beat out C.J. Bird, and I think he's going to be our starting free safety. Uh, that's not, I mean, Bird's got a lot of experience back there, but we're going to be young, real young back there, especially losing Oliver like we did. But all these guys have seen some playing time. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have a situation back there where we're really not going to lose a whole lot from one to the other. But there's still a lot of battles. Looks like Thomas Flowers is a little bit ahead of uh, Asher Allen, you know, for one of the cornerback positions. You know, that and, goes back uh, and forth every day, though. I mean, it really does. Right. Asher Allen's getting playing time. Prince Miller's getting playing time. Brian yeah, Evans is still hurt. Right. And, you know, then you got then you got Allen and Miller. You know, we're going to be, if, if Flowers does beat out Asher Allen, then he and Prince Miller are going to be, you know, to see who's going to get time in that nickel thing uh, yeah. on that. And if Rashad Jones comes in, you know, you got C.J. Bird on that second team, too. But I tell you, probably the, the most shocking thing to me is because all we heard about all through spring practice and then coming into this, you know, was the big move of Brandon Miller, you know, was going to be, and I'm, I'm not going to get into all this, you know, Mike Sam and Will Crapp, you know, that Brandon Miller was going to be the middle linebacker. Right. Well, you know, that has totally changed. Uh which tells me there's a little something going on there. But, you know, as of this last scrimmage, situation is Brandon Miller has moved back out to the strong side linebacker. Ellaby is going to be the middle linebacker. And right now, Dewberry is going to be the weak side linebacker with a bunch of these young kids, you know, backing all of them up. And the young guys are basically training at every position there is. And it's real hard to say right now, you know, whether, you know, Kern, White, Houston, you know, you can't know. say Houston is, is Ellaby's backup and, and Kern is Miller's backup. I mean, these There's guys no are, such are, are all over the place. I know. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that that's a good sign that all these guys are training and knowing the different positions and things. But it does it does concern me to some point that we are two weeks before our opening game, and we've totally shifted all of our linebacking positions around. And I got to tell you, you know, I've I've continued to kind of try and carry the torch for Brandon Miller. I think he's he hasn't he hasn't screwed up in practices. He's been good. He's been real active. He's making good tackles, but he simply hasn't shown so far, to me at least, he hasn't shown the daggum brain power to run that middle linebacker spot, and, no, and- I, that's why they bounced him outside. Well, I think so, and I think he's one of those kids, too, that although he is he is just an exceptional athlete, he's just one of these guys so far that has not lived up to his potential. I, know. I mean, when he came to Georgia, he was going to be all world and just hadn't caught on. Hopefully, this is going to be the year. I know, hope, and it. I still think it could be, but he's just he's just not there yet with his with his mental game, with his you know his game preparation and what he's doing in practice. He yeah. makes up for what he doesn't know how to do with his feet and with his you know his his speed and things like that. I mean, like he's that. got great speed. He's got all he's got all the physical 
aspects to everything. I just hope he can get mentally into the game. I mean, just think if a, if a guy with the football sense like a Tony Taylor we had last year had just the raw physical talent of Brandon Miller. I know. Man, That's that what guy we need. probably would have, been, would have been the number one draft choice. Absolutely. Uh, you know, along the front line, uh, looks like Jarius Wynn. You know, had been working at end and tackle. Pretty much now he's nothing but tackle and looks like he's going to be backing up Owens and Cade Weston at both positions, you know, right and left. Which well, is strong, however you want to say it. Well, I tell you, you know, that's pretty much that's pretty much all you got to talk about on defense. I mean, that's that pretty much covers for you, dog fans. On offense, I want to say one more thing too about these receivers dropping the balls. Um, that's kind of been up and down. That hasn't been a consistent thing. I still I continue to think that the receivers are going to be better in game situations this year. I'm seeing I'm seeing better flashes. At least we're seeing some flashes of greatness out of the receivers. The receivers are making some catches, whereas last year they were just they were you know without fail they were terrible at all time. They dropped right. every ball. At least this year they're getting some catches, and I think. If we continue practicing, they're continue to putting it together. They're getting a little closer every week. It seems so. Uh, Michael Moore had a had a real great catch uh, from Joe Cox. I mean, it was a, it was a touchdown catch, but he actually left his feet, dove for the ball, and caught it. You know, and when and when was the last time we saw that? Hell, we could barely catch the ball with both hands and when we were on our feet last year. <laughs> I know. And how about Joe Cox, man? Is is he not just a you know, I tell you what, that kid has a great attitude. He continues to say all the right things, you know, after being one of the best quarterbacks in the country in high school and then coming to Georgia and pretty much losing the battle to Matthew Stafford. The kid continues to keep his chin up, continues to contribute any way he can, and he really is a credit to the Bulldog organization. He is he is really doing the best he can in this situation. And, Without a uh, doubt. And I'm giving think, the guy big props. No doubt about it. And I think he's kind of – come to grips and settled into the fact that he's going to be a good number two quarterback. And, uh, you know, get, and there was some talk, you know, that he's going to see playing time, you know, this year and, and all that. And, you know, my feeling on that, you're not going to win in a two-quarterback system. And I hope that's just a bunch of crap that they're feeding the paper or the paper trying to do something. I mean, Matthew Stafford needs to be in a, in a close game. Matthew Stafford needs to be in there. No reason doubt. why, and you know, showed in this last scrimmage that kid was fourteen for seventeen. I know. I mean, he was fourteen for seventeen and threw four TDs. You can't yeah. really say that our receivers aren't catching the ball too too badly if he's throwing four TDs against our defense. You know. No, and I mean, and by far too. You know, and don't get me wrong, this scrimmage was without a doubt probably. Obviously, the best we have had, but even in looking at the practices, this was probably the best effort that the offense has shown this fall practice. And I think a portion of that probably was the fact that they got their asses handed to them in the first scrimmage <laughs> and and needed to step up. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Coach Bobo, Coach Rick, and everybody else, you know, had been. Had been working hard, and these kids here, you know, they they listen to the show, they hear the paper, you know, read the papers and stuff. You know, offense was really lagging behind, so I I think 
they got it into their heads that they really needed to make a real strong effort in this scrimmage and did. Plus, too, this is pretty much the scrimmage where it's decided on all those close battles. You know, within the next few days, this is where the number one, number two, and number three on the depth chart is going to be set. Because the next scrimmage that we've got, that's where they put in the game plan against Oklahoma State. You're right. And go from there. I mean, they're not next scrimmage isn't going to be one to evaluate talent and see who ought to be starting and see who ought to do this or you know how much playing time is the second guy going to get as opposed to the first guy you know is he a a 30% play time guy as a backup or is he a 10% play time guy you know the this next scrimmage is you know this is where the rubber meets the road this is where the game plan against Oklahoma State goes in and off we go so this was the this was the time, if you were in a close battle, you needed to do your best, and most everyone, at least on what is perceived to be the number one offensive unit, stepped up and did a really, really good job. Big surprise out of Sean Bailey. I mean, you're talking about guys, when they're trying to figure out who are going to be the starters, Sean Bailey, Kenneth Harris, guys are stepping up to get starting receiver jobs. You know, there are people in there, those guys, those boys want to play. Sean Bailey came up big, man. And Kenneth Harris had 51 yards on two catches, lots of yards after the catch. So um, Yeah, and you don't, you know, and in this scrimmage, too, you didn't see a whole lot out of Momass, but I think something that's really going to help him is they've moved him to the inside, and he's going to be running a lot more stuff over the middle. Uh, he's going to have a lot more linebacker coverage. Uh, I think this is going to be a good year for him. I think a change in position is going to help him, and I think some of the pressure is going to be off, especially if Bailey and Henderson can stretch the field. No doubt. And I'll tell you, I want to talk about one other thing, too. Uh, apart from the scrimmage and practices and stuff like that, I just want to give everybody and our listener, all our listeners a heads up on this new kickoff rule because I want to oh, weigh in man. on this old dog. i got to weigh in on this old dog. I know, you know, if you guys remember last year, listening to the Dogcast, one of the, probably the single most dreadful area of the Bulldogs game. Next to the receivers dropping the ball. I would, I would say even worse than that. I got to tell you, I think our kickoff and punt coverage is worse than our receivers dropping the ball. It, it was, it, it was hurt abysmal. us more. It was abysmal. And anybody who thinks that this new kickoff rule, moving the kickoff line from the line of scrimmage back from the from the 35 back to the 30, if you think that's not going to hurt the dogs, you are an idiot. Because our kickoff coverage is terrible. And unless it gets much, much better, kicking off from the 30, is we have no option but just to kick it out of bounds every time. Because kicking off from the 30, it, it's going to be not good for us dog fans, I'm telling you. Unless something no. big changes on kickoff coverage. No, that's for sure, because we had no one with big enough foot to get it into the end zone for a touchback. And that's certainly and, not going to change any, I mean, there's nobody can kick it in from the 30. No, and as our regular listeners know, you know, we were calling for out-of-bounds kicks a long time ago, and unless we've got a whole new way of covering kicks, then I think the best thing to do is just kick it out-of-bounds and give it to them on the 35 and let's go from there. Absolutely, I can't be. I can't. I just can't believe people are thinking that this is no big deal for us. It's a huge well, deal. They're they're probably writing stuff like that on 
you know, like the Bulldog blog or on the dog vent, stuff I like know, that. I and know. again, that's something that, that no sane person should ever go to. <laughs> okay, dog fans, switching it up just a little bit. couple things. We had some listeners call in and want to talk to us about what we thought for tailgating and parking. I'm getting on. Old dog, I'm switching gears on you completely here, okay? Um, I'm with you, man. Okay. It, I'm, I just want to tell you guys up front, I don't have any kind of – we don't have any side deals with these guys. I'm telling you what my honest opinion is. I wish I was getting some kickbacks. I wish I had some some parking outfit sponsoring the show. But I'm just telling you, the the free parking that – if you go to the University of Georgia website and they have the little red areas that are free, that is a joke. Okay, you could If you left today, you wouldn't get there early enough to park for the Oklahoma State game. So you can forget about parking and the free parking for the university. Um, in my opinion, the best place, if you want to pay for a parking space that's close to the stadium and that's guaranteed, I mean, we talked about this last year, but I continue to be a supporter of it, is the Classic Center right there at the end of, May, at the end of Broad Street, Right there next to the uh, the classic the call it, what do they call it the auditorium you know like the downtown auditorium, um, you can park down there you can get a guaranteed spot that you can park at it's guaranteed it's locked in it's numbered it's your spot you could come at halftime and still park there it's two hundred and fifty bucks for the one space for the whole season that's just a little bit that's not but of like five dollars more than a show up and park here thing that you would pay you pay thirty dollars to park over on Prince Avenue, which is damn near a mile and a half from the stadium. This place is only about a half mile from the stadium. It's closer than Tailgate Station, which costs twenty thousand dollars, you know? So I'm telling everybody, and I'll get the number, I'll put it in the show notes to call the Classic Center. I promise I'll put it in the show notes. If you guys want to call, they have different packages available, but I'm telling you, the best deal going for parking right now is not the parking decks. Trust me. No. It's no. not if you, the parking if, decks. If anybody that you are riding with suggests on parking in a parking deck, you need to do that and then go to the very top and throw them off <laughs> because you are out of your damn mind if you think parking in one of those parking decks is a good thing to do <sighs> unless you plan on leaving Sunday afternoon. I'm just telling you, we've, we've tried them all. We've parked in all of them, dog fans, and I'm telling you, the Classic Center's got the best deal. For the money and for the guaranteed space and the bathrooms and all that stuff, the Classic Center's got the best deal. Right. Look, look in the show notes for the phone number if you guys are interested. You would be, and if you are even entertaining parking in a parking deck, you'd be much better <laughs> off parking in Bogart and walking. <laughs> Bogart or Winder, you know, because the Winder extension is, they got sidewalks all the way to Winder now. So That's just right. park in Winder and you're good to go. Um, dog fans, old dog. We're not going to do a break in the middle of the show, dog fans. We're just going to keep trucking here. Let's roll out our big news. Dog fans, me and Old Dog have got something new for you. Coming up, we've kind of hinted at this before, but we just want you to know it's a real deal now. We've got the contract signed. It's We're in business. Old Dog and I are going to be hosting a statewide radio show that comes on two days a week. We're going to have a post-game show every week after the game. That's going to be a call-in show that's going to rival you know, the fifth quarter show. We're going to come on right opposite the fifth quarter, 
in every market that the fifth quarter's in. We're going to be in Savannah. We're going to be in Atlanta. We're in Rome and Macon. We're all over. As we get a little bit closer, we'll give you a show list so you guys can tune in and listen to us in real time after the games. Plus, we're going to have a Tuesday night call-in show. So we'll do a little pre-game call-in show on Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 statewide. And then we're going to have a two-hour show, kind of like the fifth quarter where we're doing you know, locker room interviews and different things with players and coaches and all that stuff. We'll be doing scores and highlights and call-ins after the games on Saturdays, home and away, broadcasting live from Athens. Um, we haven't worked out the venue yet. We've got a couple of venues that are trying to get the show, and we haven't, we haven't signed a deal. We haven't picked the venue yet, but we'll get you guys all the info. Up to speed. Love to see the folks come in. I Absolutely. Mean, if, if you are in Athens after the game, we'll let you know where we're going to be. Come on over. We'd love to see you. Love to hear what you have to say. Tell us you think we're idiots. Tell us we're great. Tell us we're somewhere in between. <laughs> You're somewhere in between. You're somewhere That's in between. Right. No, I'm dogs. an idiot. I'm great. Exactly. <laughs> I'm great. You're an idiot. But no, dog fans. You're together, gonna be to, we're somewhere in between. You're going to be able to come to the venue. We're going to have microphones and stuff. You can ask. You can ask questions at the venue live. You can call in live. And here's what I think is the best part for you listeners. And personally, let me go on the record saying I really hate call-in shows, okay? I got to tell you, I don't listen to the fifth quarter. I don't really like call-in shows because I always think the people well, who hell, call in are Well, hell, you're promoting it like you're pro- – I mean, this is the fifth or sixth time you said the fifth quarter. I know, but listen. I listen. mean, why are you promoting them so much? We're I'm not promoting them. Listen, yeah, you are. You said, you said them five times. We're going to run their ass out of business. Don't say it again. Okay, I won't say that again. <laughs> Let's talk about call-in shows in general. Okay. Because – in general, I think call-in shows suck because the people who call in are idiots, and the guys that do the show never really call them out. But, dog fans, I oh, want baby, you to know. we'll be calling them out. We are going to call them out. This is, we're taking the dog cast and taking it statewide, but I want you guys to know we're going to still be doing the show with an independent point of view. We're not working for the University of Georgia. We're not a part of the Georgia Bulldog Radio Network, and we're going to call it like we see it. We're going to call the fans like we see them, and if they call in and say some stupid crap, Crap, we're going to bust them in the chops. So no if you want to hear, it's a still going to be a by the fans, for the fans show. And here's the part that I haven't told you yet that I think is the best part. All you guys that listen to the show from Cancun to Sydney, from Seattle to Vermont, we're going to be able to package this call-in show as an MP3 and put it out on the podcast feed. So if you live too far away to get the call-in shows, if you're the kind of person who's interested in call-in shows, like, say, I don't know, Jeff and Boise, if you're interested in call-in shows, we're going to be able to put out the call-in show for you. So you, can, you won't be able to call in live. It won't be live when you're listening to it, but you will be able to hear what we've got to say to all these listeners that call in and talk to us. So the, the call-in shows are going out of the podcast feed. So in the fall, you're going to be getting about at least three shows a week, if not four shows a week, two of which will be the call-in shows that we're doing live in Athens. So I hope and you guys then, are as excited as we are. Right, and of course the normal dog cast shows. And along with that, just as a public service to the listeners, good dog fans in Cancun, get out now. 
Yeah, get out of Cancun now because by the time you're listening to this, you're probably ankle deep in water and it's only going to get worse. So you guys should evacuate to the interior, go to Osaka, go to Yucatan, go somewhere. Get on a, get better than that, <laughs> get on a damn plane and get to the United States of America. Come back to the United States because you don't want right. to be in Cancun right now. Um, dog fans, we appreciate you Matter guys Matter of fact, get on a plane, get to Atlanta, rent a car, and come on over for the Oklahoma State game. Come to Athens, because we're going to be broadcasting live from downtown Athens in a way that we've never done it before. You listeners are the guys, you guys are the ones that made this happen for us. We appreciate you listening. We're glad you guys like the show. We thank you for your feedback. Hey, check out our buddy on his show. What's the name of that show? Flipping Out? Flipped Out? Flipping Out? We got the guy who's got yep. the show on uh, Bravo Network. Flipping out. He's the trash man. The trash man on Flipping Out is hilarious, guys. Y'all have to check out my, our boy's new show, Flipping Out on Bravo. We've got listeners everywhere, and it's because of you that we do the show. It's because of you guys that we've, we've, we're doing this, and we really appreciate your support and your feedback. As usual, as always. Matter of fact, was that a, was that a dog cast sticker on the space shuttle that went up? It was. I think actually they're gonna they're gonna put dog cast stickers over that hole in the fuselage to make sure it comes home safely. There you go. Because the dog cast because is if no one because if no one could if we can't bring you home safe nobody can. That's right, dog fans. <laughs> Are we full of crap or what, dog fans? We appreciate you listening. Our number is seven zero six five three four. 1516. I promise by the next show, which will come out this week, four days from now, we're back on our regular schedule. I'll have this echo problem worked out, and you'll actually be able to tell what I'm saying. That's right. They're supposed to come in, carpet the bunker, what, Monday, Tuesday, I think. More carpet, the, more furniture. We'll get the new beanbag chairs. Now, are we getting new beanbags, or are we just uh, having them recoded with a new vinyl? We're getting some new ones, but we're keeping the old ones, because the old ones are good luck. Absolutely. 706-534-1516 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. The new show is going to be called Dog Dial. It's going to be statewide, and we are really excited about you guys checking it out. The old Dog, you got anything else for him? Yeah, just, just one quick thing, and I know this is going to drive our buddy crazy, but uh, we did have one call. I know you're going to hear about it, and you know we don't normally like to talk about stuff other than Georgia football or anything else that may be on our mind, but our our buddy Dick Friendly out of Chatsworth, California called in, wanted to know what we thought about Michael Vick, and I'll tell you what, he's doing time, and he ain't going to play any more football. I'm telling you, I think he's done. He's he's definitely going to do time. His buddies have definitely thrown him under the bus. He's definitely going to do federal time because you can't beat a conspiracy charge, and... And, I, I and you know he done. he wanted he wanted to live that thug life and and unfortunately for him he found out how it goes when the screws get put to those guys they fold up like pieces of tissue paper. I'm telling you, and, you're right. And he's his, always and, been a junior thug. He's always acted and he's 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 acted with disregard to his fans, to his team, to his team ownership. They're paying him thirteen, fifteen million dollars a year and he flips off his fans. He flips off the ownership because he's too cool and too bad and too much of a thug and now his ass is going to jail. So good riddance, Michael yeah. Vick. And and getting put there. By by the boys he was trying to keep by real his homeboys throwing who him under flipped, the bus who flipped on him just as just as quick as they could. So 
that that needs to be a good life lesson for anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep on the straight and narrow, kids. Play for your team. Play with play with integrity. Um, play like David Green. Play like David Pollack. Don't play like Michael Vick. That's right. Dog fans, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in four days on Thursday with our regular Thursday show, and I promise it'll be right on time. Thanks for listening, and email us your questions. Anything you want us to find out, we'll find it out. You yeah, email us, we we'll should, get it. Yeah, by then we should have a pretty good idea uh, what the depth chart looks like. We'll go through that, uh, talk a little bit about Oklahoma State, you know, at that point, and uh, just get ready. Man, we are less than two weeks away. Less than Man, two I weeks. can't wait. Dog fans, that's it. Keep it real, keep it tight, and go dogs. Hey guys, Jason from Columbus. I was just calling in. Um, heard the uh, last show and uh, I was a little disturbed about uh, one of the odds. It seems that one of our good dog fans was looking at the wrong poll. Um, yeah, he was looking at last year's polls at the end of the season and not the preseason polls. Um, the Bulldogs are ranked. 13th in the preseason polls, not 23rd or 20th. That's last year. This is this year. Um, great show, guys. Just wanted to action there for somebody who was freaking out. <laughs> and, <laughs> all right, guys. Talk to you all later. Hey there. How you doing? This here's Dick Friendly calling back there from Chatsworth, California. I appreciate that other man's comments on that bulldog stuff on that uh, on that poll. I may have gotten it wrong, but I feel a lot better now. But I just wanted to get y'all's comments on this Michael Vick thing. Now, you guys are far more brilliant just to be concerned with just Georgia football. And and you guys need to, to weigh in on this Michael Vick thing because I think it's, it's, it's just important for football fans, and I just want to hear what you think. Go dogs.